This is a podcast from Minute Media. <laughs> it would be a wolf spot, eh? Hello, ho, hello, and welcome to today's episode of Wolves Fancast, part of the 90 Min Football Network. Joining me this evening, I've got Stu and Adam. How are we both doing today? Glorious. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Stu's all right, because he's, he's, he's been banksing, banksying, pints of banksies all this afternoon, so he's all right. I've had a long drive back from Church Stretton, so I'm ready to rant now. Yeah, I'm... Let's just leave it leave it at that for now. <laughs> <laughs> there's um like I said, there's torpedoes in the tube, but that's probably not appropriate at this moment in time, is it? Yeah, we'll uh yeah, we'll we'll clear a little away from that. I mean I was gonna say before we get into the nuts and bolts of um another wolf's defeat, Stu, the first thing you said to me uh when we joined before a chat was three seventy for a mild. <laughs> I mean, it is outrageous, but in the in the in terms of golf world, which I'm, I mean, I might look like I'm part of the golf world, dressed like this today. Um, I'm clearly that's not my my Louvre. That's not where I live. So it's um, I was shocked, shocked to my core when I um, paid with my watch and it came up. And you think, oh, okay, what, best part of three fifty maybe. Can I say there, right? So, so you mentioned I need to pick you up on a comment you just made there, right? You know, you talk about how middle class people are. You just said, <laughs> when I pay with my watch, viewers and listeners don't do not let that go unchecked. Right, I did it in the Emerald yesterday as well, because um, they're now staff. Um, so one of the uh, one of the committee members' wife, who hadn't pulled a point in twenty years, she went behind the bar. And I said, I'll pay by card. So she bought the machine over and I'll put in my watch. And she was like it, like, it baffled her more than anything else in the entire world. She said, well, does that go through as normal? Or does it come through as watch? Like, no, it's just card payment. It's okay. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's the same as if someone does it with their phone, it's okay. So I was educating the old people again. <laughs> I was going to say, what do you think was more baffling? If you, uh, Did you go Emerald Club before the game Saturday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was more baffling? The the um, committee member who didn't understand I watch pay or whatever, or the lineup, which is a great link. Because um, <laughs> considering how we played against Palace early in the season, and lots of talk about Wolves learning lessons this season, bit of a mixed um, change to a lineup yet again for Wolves. Um, going for what? I don't know whether you call it a false nine or what, really. Um, Brycey, what were your sort of initial thoughts on, on the lineup? Uh, alarm bells ringing, to be honest, when I when I saw that lineup. <laughs> um, so I, 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 I took that at the, at the start that that was a front three, we went three four three, and the lineups there on screen for for the for the YouTubers. Um, I thought 
that's the smallest front three in the history of football. <laughs> that is right. And I hope to God that no no one even remotely attempts a long pass stroke long ball because it's going to come straight back. And also I thought, well, what happens if you want to cross it into the box? None of them three are going to win anything in the air. I thought we don't even have actually have a, stri- have a striker on a proper striker on the pitch now. Uh, so I just thought, does he even know, at the minute does Bruno know what his best team is? Because this is you know there's been a few changes the last couple of games. And I'm thinking is 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 this just another roll of the dice now? We've got had two straight losses, and I thought well. Obviously, Palace are a tricky team to kind of predict, but I thought I, I, I couldn't quite see his thinking there. To be honest, if you wanted to drop Raúl, if you didn't think Raúl was cutting it, well, Fabio, Fabio's your man to bring on. Then not bringing Huang and starting, you know, as part of a front three. I understand the Neto point. Neto, you know, we, we, I think we kind of from the preview show. I think you know the guy said on there that. We were looking for Neto to get like a customary error and come off, which is what happened. But I, I wasn't, I wasn't too happy with with how it panned out. And I think you know, we know from when we when we played Palace last time, two in the middle just didn't wash, did it? Wasn't cricket, and as as was proved to be the case yet again, I, in short, I just couldn't, I couldn't see the the, the, the thinking at all. The formation, the players. Uh, no, I was, I was a bit worried, to be honest. Yeah, it's true. I, I, I guess what sounds bad when I say it, what concerns you more for personnel or the formation? Um, more, I was more concerned the fact that he didn't listen to the fan cast last week when we clearly said that this would be a problem. Yeah, and if if we went with a lineup like this, we get fucked, and that's exactly what happened. And we we even said we broke it down so so minutely that if we went with a two man midfield, we would get absolutely dominated. And you look at Elise and Zahar, the way they've played this season, they get we get overrun on the wings and we get battered again, like we did at Sellers Park. So when you see the lineup, and I, I, I couldn't even care less about the front three because no one scores anyway. I mean, how many skulls we scored at home this season is, is atrocious. I mean, it's, it's embarrassing, but we can get onto that later. But the midfield was always going to be the problem. And he didn't learn. This was what happened at well, the Arsenal game as well, when I said exactly the same thing. When that was two weeks difference, where, okay, it didn't really work against Arsenal at home. So you got two weeks later, change it, mix it up a bit, do something different. This is a game, again, where up until... Yesterday was our worst performance of the season for me away at Palace. Hmm. And we, we, we did exactly the same thing again. And you gotta th- you got to think, well, it's all well and good him coming out later on and saying, yeah, they didn't, they didn't man up or whatever. But they've got to have a chance to man up. And when you're going to be overawed and spanked like we were again, then you're already going in. On a downer, so I was just—I mean, I was pissed off before an hour before kickoff, and it, it was just also like demoralising because you knew exactly what was going to happen. I just don't understand. Yeah, it, it almost felt a bit Groundhog Day because, right, 
we, we've been banging on for what eighteen months. You could argue that we've got the same three centre midfielders that we we've had at the club for three seasons now, and Neves and Martino, two very proficient centre midfielders, but even they have their limitations. And it, it sounds bad when I say a team like Palace. If that's not meant to be derogatory, again, about half, a pretty decent team in this division, someone who can, you know match up to the best of them when they're on form. But when you look at, as Pricey said, just the size of them and how we know that they'll set out in a 4 or whatever. And we know we're going to get overrun because we're not playing well anyway at the moment. Mm. And you've got to be asking in a way for me, it's like, what's then Donker do? I was going to say, we're, we're, after the break, we will talk about what players are or are doing in training because for him not to be playing, I found really bewildering. Um, the, the other um, one I wanted to pick up was at right wing back. And again, I think we'll talk about um, Hoover a lot this episode. Um, but I did a poll like an hour, well, an hour before the lineups uh, were released about who's going to, who do we think is going to start today? Um, and it was like seventy two percent Johnny, twenty seven percent Hoover. Not not Heinz, not with the benefit of hindsight or anything, because he didn't do it, have a great twenty five minutes and then got hooked off with an injury. Would you have started Johnny? Which, which kind of camp were you in on that, or is it? I guess six of one half dozen of the other at the moment. I'd have started Hoover. I still would have. I still would have. We're not talking about hindsight now, but. Um, or anything like that, but I thought it would be too soon for Johnny still, to be honest. Um, you wouldn't want to have a starting lineup with two players coming back from long term injury and to give them an error each. Essentially, we all knew obviously Neto was starting on the basis that he was going to get 60 minutes. Do you really want to put Johnny in there as well when he's still on, on his way back? If he did, if something went wrong, the knives would have been out then, wouldn't they? And say, What the hell are you doing? playing two players who've just come back from long-term injuries. Um, and as I said before, I was... Obviously, we will get on to Mr Hoover in a bit more detail, but I was fully prepared to give him a fair, a fair crack of the whip, to be honest. As has been said by other people before, you know, he's, he's, he's come on expected to be just exactly the same as Samado when he barely plays. Uh, and John is not that type of player, albeit he was probably one of, if not our best player yesterday. <laughs> yesterday. But um, yeah, I would have, I, I still would have picked Hoover. That would have been my choice. But I'm not to know what goes on behind the scenes, am I? I, I didn't, uh, we, don't, we don't know the, uh, the ins and outs, the training ground, that's what we'll get on to later. Good, Stu, how about you? Because you've got, you had some fairly damning opinions about Hoover before the game, which have essentially continued over the last 36 hours. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather play Den Dunker at right back than him. He's just shit. He's never, he's probably had, I mean, I don't get this whole thing that Gully's got with him. I mean, it's not me outing Gully in public because we've talked about it over and over again. I don't understand where anyone can see anything in the kid. And, it's not, it might be harsh that, oh, yeah, we expect him to come in. Yet, he cost £13 million, and yet that's not his fault. But 
he still cost an awful lot of money. And for that money, you're expecting someone who's at least got a minute ability of football about him. He doesn't show anything. Every time he's played the play for us, he's fucked up somehow. I just don't get it. I don't understand. I don't. The whole thing is a mystery to me. I would have, I would have played Johnny and took him off and put someone else there. I mean, Lembakisa, yeah, he's, an, he's a kid. Play him. Play anyone else apart from Hoover. And I think what's kind of spoiled from this game shows a lot of what I was kind of, my thoughts about him were anyway, that you look at him and you think this is someone who's not asked and has, has been at, literally outed by our own manager. <laughs> I wonder if, because like, just... he, when he was signed, he, he came in and then, like, we all thought, oh, well, he coined the part of the deal, didn't he? And we thought, okay, fair enough, that's probably one for the future, as most of them are. And then we signed Samedo about four days later, didn't we? And I wonder, like, right from the get-go, that's where it's, it's creeped in. We thought, okay, well, I've left Liverpool to play. Oh, I'm not going to play now because we've just signed Barcelona's right back. And I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. it's hard to have seen any game time ever since then. And then... Like the Nagra syndrome. Jeff Lowe will say that. At least he got a fair, he got a fair <laughs> one of games, to be honest. But, you know, yeah. But, um, you got to remember as well, he was third choice at Liverpool because he was behind Nico Williams as well. Yeah. He wasn't, he wasn't second, he wasn't like their reserve. He was third choice and we've paid that much money for him. So he's come here to be challenging for first, mostly being a deputy. Know your role. Yeah, but with the money thing, I mean, we paid 35 for Fabio. For yeah, 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 yeah. Not, not a career. So it, money's, I mean, 13 million, that's in the grand scheme of things, isn't really a lot, is it, in this day and age? It's, it's really not. Especially when, again, we just we paid 35 for Fabio. But I just, yeah, I mean, I, I can understand. I'm trying to be a bit balanced, but I can, I can see both sides of the argument. You know, I wanted to give him a fair crack of the whip. Mm. This, this was supposed to be his time to have a run in the team it's not gonna happen now but no. um yeah i i going back to the question then i i still and i'm not taught, i'm not obviously taking the hindsight hat off i still would have that, that he would have been in my starting 11 yeah. that way. I, I i agree he, he'd have been mine as well and i hadn't thought of the reason well the reasons you gave Adam. i think it's a really good one about you know if he starts johnny and Neto, that's two subs you've got to make on the hour mark. And you might not necessarily want or need to take off your right wing back to change the game. So it's almost like at that point, it's two automatic subs uh, taken out of Bruno's hand because he's going to need to, you know, he's going to need to rest them. Um, you know what he's, you know what it is like. Remember how shit Borthwick Jackson was for us. There is yes. Borthwick. Uh, yeah, it's exactly the same. I saw that mentioned on Twitter. I thought there's a parallel no, but, there. With, with there you are. It's an, it, it's an exact parallel with him. He came with a massive reputation of, oh, he's going to be the next big thing. He came in and he was absolutely atrocious. His attitude was terrible. And where is he now? Probably lead to somewhere. No, he's not. He's somewhere. Um, I want to say he's at Burton. To Google. <laughs> yeah, I am like <laughs> quietly Googling. Uh, yeah, at Burton in League One. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, he's not only Champions League, is he? So it's it's similar kind of vibes as him, as I've had from Hoover from the very start. And I've I've said it on here, I've openly said it on here that I didn't like him. 
I've never liked him. And I think the fact that you're, you're picking him because uh, other, <laughs> the only other option is someone who's been crocked for a year <laughs> with two separate injuries says it all, <laughs> really. Yeah. Well, the only thing is, the only other way around it was, like you say, to have a complete switch around. Now, Bruno said, hasn't he, since the game, that he was reluctant to even give him a start for reasons we'll get on to, obviously. So there's that. There's that. He's, he's obviously he didn't want to play him. That's clear. Then the second choice is Johnny, who we can get ideally like an error out of, give or take. And then option three is then right. I've got to completely now switch this around. So do I? Do I well, but do I bring Bolly back in for his first game, Premier League game of the season? That's another option. When like, he's, he's disappeared off the face of the earth most of this season, Bolly has. And then the other one is like you say is. And not a completely daft suggestion that she said earlier, but put Dendonka in. He uh, plays right wing half the time. <laughs> put him in, but then like that's that, and then you still got to play the two in midfield. Then, which would have would still get fucked over anyway because <laughs> you've got the two yeah. in midfield. I mean, I think um, going back to Hoover, let, he didn't exactly cover himself in glory for someone who imagined necessarily had doubts about, and you know he had the opportunity to, you know, pr- prove Bruno wrong. And I'm not going to single Hoover out, A, because he only played 25 minutes. It felt a bit like the um, like the Kelbrook fight recently against Amir Khan, where I think it felt very, very early on we knew we were going to get a pummel in. It was just going to be a question of when we were going to get, you know, get that killer blow um, because it wasn't, wasn't pretty watching. And I mean... Uh, but but I mean, let's be honest. Both goals were frustrating to watch. It was Keystone Cops, frankly. I think the first one, um, j- just because we've had such a good defence for majority of the season, um, but they all made they they all made like an individual error at like at all the points they could have made an error. They decided to make one. Is he unique? That Mateta is. I was going to say big lad. Isn't He's he? a big lad. So he, he drinks a lot of milk, I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've, I've, I've watched it again <clears throat> about 10 minutes before we started recording just to kind of see how it even went in. Because I, I don't, I mean, it was so how it got from where it was to kind of hitting Siren, like looping up into the air. It was just like, we never get breaks like that anyway, but it got it got from I, I think Palace posted it on their social media, like from the edge of their box to the back of the net in like nine seconds. Mm. And like yeah. part of me like looked at it, it's like when I saw it, I wanted it to be like really cheeky, like, ooh, scoring from a long ball. It's like no, we like he had Sace and it, it just felt like the I guess like no one understood the message of the day. Because Sace has been great this season at like that really intense press. And it's either that you know, Palace was switched on to it. Because it was a little cheeky nudge um by the Palace guy to sort of open it up. But like no one else is doing any of the similar movements or covering for him. I had, to watch that. I had to watch that back. That's, yeah. the reason why I, that's the reason why I had to watch it back because after goal was scored, they were all appealing and there was a VAR for something. Like at, at the time, I was thinking well, I, I didn't see anything that was VAR worthy, to be honest. So mm-hmm. I, that, I had to watch it back just for that to see what what Sage was appealing for. And it was like you say, Rich, it was that he, he felt like he had a bit of a gentle nudge to get him out of the way. But but he's going absolutely nuts. Like he's gone flying anyway. 
Like, man, if he doesn't go for it and he drops off, he might surrender possession, yeah, but we'll kind of have everyone in position. And it's like he kind of does this sort of wild gamble where, you know what, to be fair, if he'd have won the ball, we, we would have mounted an attack and it's been a relatively successful way of doing it. But then you had Connor Cody losing out in the box. Like, great ball by Gallagher. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I was expecting Cody to do better in that situation as well. Is that is that fair, Stu? Yeah. I mean, I, I thought that the VR check was to something on Saar from how it kind of how it left that situation just after then to open the air to, for the tapping because I didn't see anything in the size change whatsoever because there was nothing. No. Um, no. That's that's what I thought. I and mean, yeah, it's it's just a catalogue of errors everywhere. It's like, um, do you remember like the goal we conceded to Brentford in the, when we lost 2-0 to them at home? I think it was like the first, mm. whichever goal which wasn't a penalty. Um, very very weirdly similar games, actually, in the fact we had a catalogue of errors from the back and conceded a needless penalty, etc. Um, great day at the office and, you know, his form's been off the last couple of games. Um and yes, yeah, so I could argue you could have done better. And at that point, it was like, okay, I, I couldn't see us turn Nathan back at that point either. No. No, yeah, that, that goal was um, Cody, you expect to do so much so much better there. He's seen, he's practically seen Zahar out. And I don't, either, either makes himself in a better position to put a block in. Or just tackles him, put a tackle, mm. but he's done. He's done neither in the end, and then he managed to get the ball across. And then I don't really know who's to blame. To be honest, between Kilman and, and Saar, because Mateta's snuck in somehow ahead of them. Saar's expecting the ball just to come into his hands, and as you said, that's just that won't that wouldn't happen again. It just simply wouldn't. How the balls ricocheted off them and how it's landed for him, they could do that another hundred times, and he wouldn't. He, the ball would not. Get, bounce off that way would not happen. It's just one just one of those things where unfortunately we've copped a bad bit of luck. Albeit, albeit uh, shit defending has has somehow given given that bit of luck a chance to happen. Yeah. You know when they say you make your own luck and it's usually like in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like the opposite in that circumstance was like not that we deserve to score, but we did so many stupid ass things in the build up. It was like, well, we're going to concede at some. Like, it's going to go in just because we're doing so much stupid stuff. And as I say, like, against a half decent team, you're going to get punished. And you know, but, would you call him a, ne- a nemesis, Sahar? Um, He's my nemesis. I, I can't stand. I, I know where I, I know where I want to call him. Yeah, yeah. Got the second. I. Can't remember last time I saw a more obvious penalty. <laughs> yeah, I think you even see Kilman afterwards just going, oh, "For fuck's sake!" Like you get, you can see him just like. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, his expression looks exactly the same as when he scored against what, Everton earlier this season. To be fair, <laughs> but at the same time, uh, yeah. this yeah. was a bit annoying. This was this was this was really annoying because I remember the ball. Was going out for a throw, and Neto worked his bollocks off to stop mm. the ball going out for a, a Palace throw. So I was just like waiting for it to go for a Palace throw. He's worked his bollocks off, 
Neto tries to clear it, obviously just goes straight to one of their players. Then the next like ten seconds, they've just cut apart their entire defence. So that and it, it was walking past Johnny, um, Cody, everyone. And I'd, I'd always say like Roy Keane from like that clip earlier before after the Man City game. Mm-hmm. I was I was saying tackle him, tackle him, <laughs> just fucking, fucking tackle him. And like the waltz through. I can't remember whether or not the ball was going to head out of play or not, but Kilman. Yeah, it's there's no sort of defending that. He's just he's just stuck a leggy and, and it clear as day as a penalty. And I think as we mentioned in in our group, you know, he's been he has been our best defender all season long. Probably the best English defender this season. And it's it's no coincidence since what's been going on has been going on that he's he's not been at the races since that's happened. So his mind might be elsewhere, and that's unfortunately. It's coincided with you know, the big cheese, Gareth, being in the, the audience as well. For, for <laughs> We watched him yesterday and probably didn't like what he saw. But yeah, the goal was a catalogue of errors in that Again. passage of play. Just, yeah. yeah. catalogue of errors. I think it's no surprise either that obviously the Ukrainian thing, <laughs> it's, got to, I mean, it's, it's got to affect him anyway, regardless of how, how tough he is. But it's no coincidence that in the two and a bit games that he's played without Semedo next yeah. to him, the whole back five has been an absolute fuck, <laughs> fucking shambles. All of them. There's no, no, like you, you take one out. Well, you took Sace out for AFCON, Tertie Gomez coming, absolutely fine, no problem there. Marcel out Nuri, it is what it is. They're kind of interchangeable at points. But you take Semedo out, I mean, uh, <laughs> the amount of haters, I mean, there must be tune on the lollipops now. And, and how how stupid were we to think that he was an actual terrible player and he was the big problem when he's probably our most important player? You look at the last three games when he, he's not there, we've got no outlet on the right whatsoever. He's got no cover on the right-hand side of defence. Kilman's doing the job of two people <laughs> and all the stuff that's going on with his family. It's it's no surprise that he's not, not at his best, let alone anyone else. I think it's... Yeah. He doesn't. He needs to. I mean, taking him out is probably probably not going to help either. Anyone really, other than him, which is probably more. Well, it is more important in the grand scheme of things. But yeah, it's um, it's no surprise really that we've we've got ourselves in this situation. Yeah, I think I think particularly with Semedo, and you know, we mentioned sort of Neto kind of busting a gut to hook it clear, weak foot, can't you know, doesn't get enough on it to clear it effectively. If you've got Smedo there, he doesn't lose the ball. He keeps the ball. He's and you say he's that outlet, and he's in that outlet offensively, but he's also that outlet of the back as well, just to kind of keep possession when we're you know thinking of doing something stupid. Um, and yeah, I think, yeah. Hopefully, I, I, I think I read somewhere about sort of Max Kilman are we sort of a, a, a round sort of everything going on at the moment. There is sort of a ongoing dialogue, I can't remember the term they used around the club, but sort of saying, look, if you need to pull out, ju- just sort of say the word. And I think Max Kilman said he's fine, but half of me thinks it's not his decision to make at this point now. Mm. Yeah, he's just not, pull he's him not, out. He's not going to voluntarily want to... Yeah, he's not no, going to want to give up his place, is it? No, exactly. I've got the utmost respect, uh, respect for him. Um, and you sort of just think maybe just take him out 
uh, for the next game. I don't quite know, but it feels like he shouldn't be the fall guy for yesterday. Um, because nah, again, nah. half the team weren't weren't great. Um, second half, did you see it as an improvement or just Palace not needing to get out of second gear? Very much the second. Um, <laughs> I mean, the, the, do you like it when uh, I do these lovely tee ups for you? Where it's like the, the really, you know, optimistic one of a very realistic one. <laughs> I think we, we have got to say though that. All over Palace social media, they were all talking about how that was their best for first half of football all season long. Yeah. Um, and that's obviously us making them look good as well. But they got themselves into such a strong situation and such a strong position that they didn't need to do anything at all in the second half other than just keep the shape, keep the lines, and let us be our own worst enemy and fizzle out, which is exactly what we did. Yeah, I think it's a bit from column A and a bit from column B. For me, I mean, yeah, completely battered us first half. Second half, they were then afford. They were they could afford to uh, contain. I believe the word is like they they could just contain us basically. So naturally, we had a bit more scope to to get forward. And well, again, we didn't really trouble greater in their goal. To be honest, wasn't was we didn't really have much to do. Uh, this is the thing with Palace. They were. They're a funny team. They're probably the, the, the textbook definition of like 10th place mid-table team in so much, you look at their squad, they've got some good players, right? So, Elise, right? How brilliant. He was, he's a good player. Then, Conor Gallagher, I know he's not theirs, but all action midfielder, brilliant. Mateta, big unit up front. Um, Gaye, you've got at the back. He's, he looks like a solid defender. And then, you know, that prick Sahar, you know, is, he, he can do something as and when required, albeit just annoy people. But um, if they put it together, they've got a, they've got a top-half team there, I think, if they, if, they, if, they, if they can put it together. But obviously, quite often, they, they don't. And I'll put my hands up. I don't think, in fact, I don't think I'm on my own on this. At the start of the season, I had them down for relegation, to be honest. I thought they'd be shambles. But... That was obviously, I probably said that at the height of when the fact they just lost 12 players in one go out of contract and then put Vieira and I thought, well, this isn't going to work. But he's done a good job there at the moment as 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 we speak. But, yeah, they ramroded us first half. We, you could tell after five minutes that first half we, we're going to struggle here. Given the fact we've already got concerns about the starting lineup, then how the game started... I just thought, oh, we're going to struggle here. We're going to absolutely struggle. And, um, yeah, second half, we, 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 we had a bit more pressure. Had a, had a, a couple of shots, tame, well, relatively tameish shots, to be honest. But, <sighs> yeah, it was just one of them. Just, <laughs> yeah, it's just, just that. It's just very... That's it. <sighs> it's just come away. I mean... The West Arsenal West Ham results really were quite demoralising because they were two of the worst games that you could have we could lose this season against direct rivals. Then the narrative was framed of it's okay, don't worry, because we're playing like six teams now in the bottom yeah. half of the table. The, the easy games. Yeah, exactly. And the first one we come up against, we get absolutely shat on completely, all all over the place and completely fucked over. And you think, well, this isn't what was supposed to happen, really. This was a game we were supposed to have, you know, ran out relatively comfortable winners. But I, I don't know whether it goes back to what we, we've said before and what you see on Twitter, that now he's got options, Bruno. He doesn't quite know what to do. 
doesn't mm. quite know how to play it at the minute. When he had his 13 players, that's that's all he could play. But now, it's chopping, we've seen quite a lot of chopping and changing for the last few games. And we've just posted three losses. So, yeah, work to do. It's like on Netflix, eh? when like, you know, where, like some days when like, you get them weeks where they put so many things like new shows and films on in one go, and then you spend 10 minutes looking through them all and end up not watching any of them. Yeah, yeah. when it, like, you if you, you focus on one certain thing, you focus, stay with me, you, fo- you focus on one certain thing, and then you know exactly what you're going to do, and you've got your plan for the night and whatever. So, you're going to watch Army of the Dead or whatever. But if then you've got other things like Tinder Swindler and stuff like that tempting you in the background, then it's going to mess your head up. And I think that's, I, I genuinely think that that's what's happened that he's overthinking things and he's wrote, like we said a few weeks ago, he's, he's rotating players <coughs> in a squad that's had a whole season of not rotation. <laughs> but it wants just not working. Though, it? He wants more players. I mean, that's if he had his own way, he'd have had a lot more anyway. So. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. That's probably not. It's probably not the reason why, but it's just coincidental that you know, since he's suddenly had full complement of players to pick from, we've just suddenly hit you know as form as bad as it was when we first started the season. Um, it's yeah. It's like I say. It's it's we were the narrative was that we were supposed to start you know after the two bad losses, we were supposed to pick up some form now against the quote-unquote lesser teams of the league and then we've just served up that yesterday which was it just makes you think doesn't it just probably making you searching for the you know the wrong answers or answers for questions that aren't there but we can't we can't do that again against Watford Thursday no I think I think you'd hope that um Saturday's performance was bottom of the barrel that that was our floor and the only way we can kind of go up you know go from here is up um, in terms of some of the other players, I mean, I've pulled up um, Gully's uh, Forza football uh, ratings for the players. I think it sort of stands testament that probably our best players were all the ones who came off the bench. Yeah, you know, I think I think, I think Chiquinho, yeah. again looked looked raw, but you know, it was, it was, it was what we needed. Yeah, I think you can't really argue. I mean, it's very. It is. It's, it's just very meh. Eh? Other than, I mean, there's certain one Kilman four point five, Hoover four point five, standouts. Yeah, you you kind of agree with that. Um, Nervous Matinia five point five each. It's it is very much middle of the road. Nothing to eh? say. Um, no one no one performed well at all. No. I mean, I know we're going to man in the match. You just can't. You can't give one, can you? Other than Chiquinho, because he did. He didn't do anything wrong when he came on, and it actually looked exciting. That's it. There's something about him with Chiquinho. There's, there's, there's. There looks like a bit of a like a broad diamond there. He look, he looks quite good on the ball. He's willing to get involved. Willing to get stuck in straight from the off. Exactly um, what you want from a young player. Exactly what you want from the players. <laughs> don't, don't take notes from other people in the, in the team, Chiquinho, please. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd still probably have Johnny Down as, as my man of the match. He, he, you know, he'd come in and I know he, he I noticed a few times he misplaced, misplaced a few passes, but he was still, there was there was clearly like that. He could have been like the Johnny of old, very solid, very dependable. Um, again, just 
always willing to, to, to drive forward, not in this Samedo sense, but he's always quite positive in, in what he wants to do. Whereas like Marcel on the other side was, he was, he was all right, but you know what you're getting from Marcel, he's just, he's just going to be a, a person on the pitch essentially. And he's not going to do what Aitnori does and drive forward, but he's, you know, he's not, he's not going to be take on a man. I think I remember yesterday, Marcel, he was in a great crossing position and he just stopped and then like cut inside and played an inside pass on the right foot. And I thought, well, that's a typical Marcel, really. He's just someone who's he's just someone who's, I don't know, he's just there six out of 10, as his rating is, just that six out of 10 every week. He doesn't do anything too flash or special. So, I mean... Uh, it is, it is weird. It is weird with Marcel though, because the few times when he does put the ball, when he does cross the ball, most of the time it's a really decent ball over as well. And obviously, there's no one on the end of it, any of them, and which is probably why, probably why they've just kind of given up even crossing into the box anymore. Because what's the point? <laughs> no one, no, we don't score from anything. Any crosses in the box, Jimenez can't head anything anymore. Obviously, not his fault. And playing Pedence, who's <laughs> Smaller than a five-year-old again doesn't help. So I can't. I kind of understand why they're not crossing into the box anymore. Um, but at the same time, in that instance, there were six bodies in there. Hmm. I didn't notice. Um, sorry, sorry, I was say, I didn't notice um, with Large's uh, post-match comments. One of the things was he must have been reading the parenting handbook because he says at West Ham he was mad. No, he's just disappointed. <laughs> In, in the place. <laughs> and that's the one that cuts the deepest, doesn't it? All the parents watching this, and that's the one that cuts in the most. Yeah, he, he was definitely giving like there was silent fury in the dressing room from large. <laughs> um, um, are we all right, gents? If we just skip Manor for match this week, yeah, I don't think we can give uh, one. As I just said, I, I feel that, I'm not sure I feel like if if we did give one, it feels somewhat too much out of like sympathy and. You know, not not for the right reasons. Um, but there's always next week. You know, that's that's how I'm looking at it anyway. But you know, we've got another chance to redeem themselves. Um we're basically gonna spend the second half of the show, guys, um, talking about the things we like touched on <laughs> in this half around Bruno's post match comments and where the hell wolves go from here. Um we'll be back after a short break. Catch you soon. <laughs> Hi all, Gully from Wolves Fancast here and just like all of you long-suffering Wolves fans I know exactly what it feels like to be lacking a creative spark here some outside of the box thinking there but our sponsors Pixel Yeti Media are here to help they're a creative agency that cover all of your web design, branding and marketing needs with our very own WolvesFancast.com a fine example of their work so much so that I hear Jeff Shee is looking to do a deal this summer for now it's back to the team to ask just where the Diogo Jota money is gone. We might have just had our answer. Hello, welcome back, everybody. Um, right, after the game, I think probably the biggest talking point um, afterwards, I think we, we, we'd all kind of got over how sort of, well, frankly, dismal and drab it was. And it turned to the post-match press conference, and I think... <coughs> oh bloody bloody hell guys so I was joking my words um yeah it was it was large 
uh, comments that I think really intrigued everyone. It's carried on them to today as well. Now, if I can do it, because I think there's sort of two sides to this. Um, it was an article, it got, I think, initially released by Birmingham Mail, but I think what really caught attention was Tim Spears' tweets on it. This is not digging you out, Tim, if you're listening, by the way. Um, hopefully, if this works, I'm going to play the audio from it. Um, just so we can get the full context before we talk about it. These kids today, especially the, I have too many kids in my team that sometimes they don't work the, the way they should work. They're not prepared the way they should prepare. And after when they come inside, these kind of things happen because they, when they are in training, they are thinking a lot, oh, I'm not playing, how oh, I'm not playing. They are not putting, and I said to them in the first, in the, in the first day when I start to work with them, we are here, you need to continue to work, you need to continue to put the, the first the first target is work and improve. Yeah, um, uh, there, there was further bits on that um, as well, because he sort of highlighted Matinho as a player that um, young um, footballers should look up to in terms of his work ethic. Um, what were your initial reactions, guys, to it? Um and do you think it was right or not really on? I mean, I, <laughs> I couldn't. Well, my first thought was absolute fair play to you because it needs to be said. And it's not just us who've said it over and over again for the last few weeks and years in his point. Um, when he went deeper into it, as more and more unraveled throughout the night of other players and then dropping Kundal into that as well. And it was no, and then you think, okay, there was no surprise. He wasn't even in the squad this week. Has he kind of mouthed off because he started against Spurs as he now said, okay, I've like, what do you say? I'm here. The quote was, mm. now does that mean that he's just because he's had one start, he's trying to play Billy B bollocks, bollocks in that point. Who knows? But that's how it seemed to be insinuated. If that's the case, and he's dropped him, then hopefully he learns his lesson. But he wouldn't, from, from my point of view, he wouldn't have come out and said this on a whim. This would have been building behind the scenes for a long time. And obviously, he's told them in training, he's told them in private, you need to book your ideas up. No one comes out like this, other than Mourinho, when he was like in his third season syndrome of insanity. So... For me, I don't see anything wrong with it at all. The kid's been given a chance after chance after chance. Every time he's, do- he's appeared, he hasn't really done anything. He's not shown anything whatsoever for me. And if and when it came out after him, when he said he had doubts about even playing him at all, he's given him a chance again. And yet again, he hasn't even warmed up properly <laughs> and got and pulled a hamstring. I mean, that's something I did before our charity game last year. <laughs> I'm a 38 year old fat man, not not a, a prime athlete, and even I was ashamed of myself. So if I can be in that situation, and so he's calling out him, he's calling out Hoover for doing the same thing. Then fair play to him. I think the kids of today, <laughs> these there's certain players in who we know of, Ravel Morrison, et al., who've had too much too soon, and it's gone to the Reds. If we've got players in this squad who are the same ilk, then they need weeding out and they need telling and they need telling pu- publicly because if, if it's not working behind the scenes and that he's tried 
being all nicey nicey to them and he's tried doing it privately and it still hasn't worked, then what what chance has he got left? Out and publicly, if that doesn't work, send them to Switzerland because no one's going to buy the fuckers, are they? Because who's going to spend any money on him? <laughs> it's all fair play to me. So, so, so Pricey, do you think it's a, a, a do you think it's something that's up for public discussion, or is that do you think that's keeping house though? Because it 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 wasn't just calling out Hoover, but he sort of it 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 was him who was at the forefront of a lot of it. Um, do you know what? There's no everyone's going to have a different answer to this completely. Everyone's going to say it should be kept in house because you'll destroy the lad's career or confidence. You'll um, cripple his transfer value now. If you want to sell him, you know we're in a bad bargaining position now, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And likewise, you have the people who just say, "Well, no, if if he has been unprofessional in what he's been doing, he, and and he's had enough chances." then he deserves to get what comes to him, essentially. And I, I look at it as, <clears throat> okay, so Bruno sees him day in, day out at training. He would have, would not, he would not, I believe, have said this lightly. This wouldn't be like his first infraction. Mm. And then suddenly he's gone, bang, he's gone straight for the nuclear button of, like, of going public with it. Oh, I shouldn't have said nuclear, should I? He's, <laughs> he's gone straight straight for the, the big red button and said, right, you know, I'm going to go public and uh and tell it and like like out him completely. That that's that's not proportionate if it's a first offence, so to speak. But if he's as he's as now he's come out and said, if this is not his first time, he must have been told in private a lot of times, you know, you're not you're not pulling your weight. I can see you in training. I, can, I know, I know, you know, Samedo will start come what may. So you still, but you still should be given 100% in training. You still be warming up properly. So you're there to step in as and when we need you. But obviously he's not thinking, he's, he's clearly not been thinking like that for a long time, Hoover. He's been thinking, well, if I'm not playing, I can't be asked. You've, you know, you signed me for 13 million from, from Liverpool. I'm expecting to play. And I'm not because you signed you've signed someone else. So now I'm just not gonna not gonna try. And I'll just show up for my Carling Cup games or whatever, mm. the, my League Cup games, and I'll do that. And that's about it. And he's not he's not obviously shown Bruno at any point that he's an able deputy because this wouldn't have come out otherwise. I really don't believe that Bruno would have just gone for this strategy and just like outed him straight away. This has obviously been building because he was so frustrated at the end of the press conference, at the end of the game, that in the press conference, he's gone like, he's gone like this. Um, I, I didn't pick up on the Cundle bit straight away. I must, I must be honest. I just I just saw it was all Hoover at the minute. I just saw the tweet. It, that the was it. The Cundle thing was in the last part of Spears' article on the Athletic. It was never tweeted. Yeah, yeah so it was I, sort of, I, didn't, I didn't clock it straight away. Yeah, because I think he sort of said, I've got a lot of young players, too many young players <laughs> in my team <laughs> at the moment. And sort of said, oh, well, you play a game and you expect to start every game. And I, I think it's... I'm personally a gay... I'm on the other side of something. I don't think it was necessarily... No, actually, no, tell you what... I've got no huge issue with him saying it, but I think it reflects badly on him. 
him and his, his management. It, his, his, like, it must be frustrating, don't get me wrong, if you know you've got a player who is waiting in the wings and is an understudy. And at any one point, there are only 11 happy footballers at a, at a club. Yeah, and those are eleven and, who are starting, and it is up to the manager and coach to qualm those egos. Now, you could argue it makes a difference whether they're how old's Hoover twenty, something like that. You know, so, you know, yeah. is the difference between being twenty and twenty eight and being a seasoned pro, and knowing actually, you know what. I'm going to be part one chance. Um, but yeah, I'd, it didn't quite sit right with me just because if you've got first team players, it's your job to, to a degree to help manage that situation. You know, look, look at Ferguson and how he'd, you, you know, he'd manage some of the players in, in that United, in those United squads back in the day. Like, you know, he'd tell Nicky, but you're not playing in the next two games because I'm saving you for games three and four. And, you know, there must be a breaking point. And, and Hoover's almost a bad example because he doesn't have a lot of stock at the club. Um, you know, even before the last seven days, it wasn't like he was banging. It felt like he was banging on the door because of how well Tomato was doing. But there's got to be a point where you, you'll be getting frustrated as a professional footballer and you're not getting game time and not and you see sort of no way forward. Appreciate it's, it can it, it, it could be chicken and the egg though. But the reason why he's not getting game time is because he's not yeah. driving it in training. I mean, but it, he's if, not driving it in training because he's not got a chance in the first team. Is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, I mean, it, if you're not putting the effort in, you're never going to get a chance, are you? But it's 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 pretty much common. You'd think that if you're not putting the effort in, even if you know you've got a Portuguese international in front of you who's in the best form of his life. Uh, you could potentially play as a centre centre back as well. He could play two positions. Remember, he's not just the one. He's not. He's not like Ruddy who who sits there and plays three games a year when he was first choice for an entire season and won Golden Glove. He's never kicked up a fuss, <laughs> not once. There's there's a difference. Mm. Yeah, Hoover Hoover can play in two positions, and if he's sitting there pissing about and, and oh poor me, then. He's never ever going to get a chance, is he? And I think the fact that he said he was um and an hour and a bit playing him anyway says yeah. it all. And I've got that thing from the athletic. I think we should read it because yeah, we've talked yeah, about it anyway. Said so it's not just key; it's the right moment to talk about it. Luke was here eight months with us. Maybe he deserves a chance before he didn't get it. When he got it, he said, "I'm here." The modern world. <laughs> They want everything fast and as soon as possible. They forget to continue to work hard. I believe a lot in hard work and I need to see my players doing that every time. See, with the Kundal thing, was that because he said that I'm here, he means that in a, he meant in a good way. He said, I'm here. So he stepped in and played and did well. And then he's... I'd Taking his foot off the pedal. Again. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I was, I was trying to like decide for that. Is he trying to, is he trying to say... Is it one of two things then? Is it one, Kundal's come in Played brilliantly, Spurs. Then, he, then he's he's been the Billy Big Bollocks, and that's why he's dropped out. Or is it two? Is he using Kundal as a comparison to Hoover to say, look, this Kundal's been with us eight months, didn't get a chance. Even though he should have done by now, but hasn't. Hasn't said a word. 
played against Spurs and I haven't used him since and he still hasn't kicked up a fuss. I was trying to find a way how to decipher that, what, what, what he was actually trying to say. I think because he brought it up in this situation, that it was the fact that he's come in and said, because he's played, he said, well, I'm here now, that kind of thing. That, that's, how, that's how I read it, because mm. of him mentioning it in this kind of, this kind of scenario. Because I'm right in thinking, is the next sort of line about Matinho? That's what I yeah, think. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. yeah, I think just, it almost... I'm here I, I, I think because then he kind of alludes to Matinho, doesn't he? Um, further in the press conference, sort of saying, compare him to Jean Matinho. He misses... Was it one game he missed? Yeah, and he was... Through injury. And it was like, he comes back in training, like, you know, like he's earning his spot. And there's probably a mentality thing. You A, develop when you're older, but B, when you're a very good footballer and you have to work hard to be... Like, how do I say this about Jean Matinho without it sounding like I'm disregarding him? Incredibly high-caliber player, but someone who's had to work very hard to be that high-caliber player. Mm-hmm. Is, do you know what I mean? Like oh, he's, oh, he's, God, he's, yeah. he's he's earned it. He he has put in the hard miles to do it, and it reminds me, like any of any of the stuff you'd, you've ever read about Tom Brady, is for him to continue at his age. It's because he had a chip on his shoulder that someone was going to take his place. He might be the greatest American football player of all time, but he in the back of his head. The, there's another QB who could take my place in the off-season if I'm not careful. If I don't do everything I need to. And, yeah, I, I, I don't know if that's something that you develop over time or if you if you have it at 17, 18, 19. And, yeah, I mean, as we can kind of assume, I, all of this must have happened privately first anyway. It happens for a long time. But it, it, doesn't, it doesn't reflect great on a number of players but Bruno's got not a history but he does he does say it like it is uh, and I think we've all appreciated that and he's made comments about eight Nori in mm. uh, since the start of the season and he, he must be so he seems like he's really on them hard because that's what he wants he wants them to be competitive because he likes to he's not against playing young players but he needs to see they're willing to do the hard work in a way, like the, 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 the Iberian like way. Yeah. It must be like Mourinho does. But Mourinho does it yeah. to deflect from his own failings, whereas I think Bruno is calling the players because I think potentially he's just had enough. I mean, um, I understand. So if we if we look at it from the outside of Wolves, I can see, you know, people may say it's a bad look because the, they, would, they would immediately think of someone like Mourinho who... And off the back of a bad result, he'll go searching for the players in publicly to say, "I've got, I've got my players, I've got my character." Blah blah blah. We've, we've all saw what Mourinho says, but he's made a, he, the second half of his career. Mourinho has been made like, out of that of blaming players yeah. because he can't replicate what he did do before. With Bruno, we've, we've not, we've not saw this. Granted, he's only been here eight months or what have you. We've not really saw this from him, but we know that he does say like it is, we've, and, and we've applauded him for that. Like when he's had questions about uh, needing players, like he said to Fosin, Fosin, know what I want. Get go and get me it. That's what I said. And we've all gone okay, fair play. He's, he's been he's clearly telling the board, telling Fosin what he wants. So he's not gonna he's not gonna shy away from anything that he feels needs to be said. So that's why that's why I think that. Behind the scenes, he's he's not he's constantly noted a potential unprofessionalism in Hoover, 
didn't want to play him anyway. He's played him and he's not warmed up. He's got injured and that's the top's blown. He's thought, I can't, I can't, I'll give him a chance, which I was reluctantly going to do anyway. And he's, this is how he's paid me back by posting, you know, by, by not, not warming up, getting injured and completely threw my game plan at the window. So I'm going to, I'm going to go for him. Well, especially, I think as, as we kind of noted at the top of the show, and I haven't quite thought about it literally up until now, but we, you were reluctant about starting Johnny because he was a potential injury fitness risk. So for Hoover, who has got that spot ahead of him on a marginal call, you could argue for him then not to do everything he needs to, to then potentially jeopardize Johnny's fitness and whatever as well. It's not just for, I guess the system and everything Bruno's worked for. He's potentially damaging it's his own team, mate. He might have to come in. It's like the old, uh, do you remember like with Balotelli? Um, it, was, it was a famous quote where Inter Milan only like, they, they had no other strike because it was just before half time and he got a book in. Um, Mourinho, I think he was in charge at the time, at half time. He spent all 20 minutes with him just like coaching him, saying, just don't let him get in your head. Don't let him get in your head. 47th minute, second yellow. <laughs> And it it's like it's, it it damages your own team, doesn't it? And mm. well, yeah. yeah, because now he's got to play Johnny first, what nearly seventy minutes or something, which is I'm going to assume not in the plan book <laughs> yeah. for, for the and, game yesterday. But I was going to say the difference is, and it was a shame actually. I guess you could argue he didn't mention Johnny as you know the exact opposite of someone who you know came in and as he said he was probably one of our better performers because he was giving it. And that's all we kind of want as fans, isn't it? To know that they're giving 110%. But I think it's going to be interesting how it's going to play out, not necessarily between now and the end of the season. Because, you know, I think Hoover can quietly get swept under the rug for two months. I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the summer and not just with him. But, you know, yeah, it's going to be interesting, I think. Um, But it does kind of highlight, I guess, where do Wolves go from here? Because I think we could probably argue that fourth place is out of the question now. Um, you know, yeah, this I'll is, this, on that one. I was going to say, I've, uh, I've knocked up the table from this morning uh, before Man United, uh, Man United's goal difference took a little bit of a, a, a battering, but not, not to necessarily preview... Um, you know, the, the the next game we've got coming up too much. But what needs to change um, for you, Stu? Three in the field. It's, <laughs> it, it's easy. This is exactly what happened on the Nuno, where we were getting overrun. After the, after the start of the year, we get we started getting overrun, didn't we? And it's, when we went, it went to a three in the field, it, we didn't went Dendonka's emergence from the darkness. And we settled down a bit, and we went on a great run after that. It seemed like we were doing the same thing again. Like we, like, like we mentioned earlier about learning from your failings from before. Brentford at home, we got tore, we got tore apart away from home. Then Dunker comes in, more stability. Yeah, they were they 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 have the promotion bounce that in that game, but and the drown nonsense, but still. We looked more solid, and that was with Fabio on the pitch as well. Not Raul. 
but that's a whole different argument altogether. I just think that going three five two, I think we just have to do it now for a few games just to calm down because mm. it, it's all got a bit chaotic. <laughs> and chopping and changing obviously needs to stop, but it won't because then we got Everton away. But again, these two teams are awful. <laughs> Look where they are; they're there for a reason. We sh- if we could play two two games in in three or four days with thirteen players for three quarters of the season gone so far, then we could do it again. We don't need to keep chopping and changing to the degree that he has done. I think that's the the lessons that need to be learned to, from the last month or well, the last three weeks or so. Um, just calm down a bit. <laughs> Go with a three man midfield. Let's calm down. If we have to play role, play role. Roll per dense. That's that's all you have to do. Or roll and net out and swapping out per dense later on. We've got options there. Huang, I don't get it. I, whatever. But I think two up front is just it just has to be the way that to go now because we've all talked about oh, the the easy fixtures. It's going to be okay. It's never okay because we're wolves and we've had thirty years of this nonsense. It it never works like that. So I think three five two for the foreseeable future and just see what happens from then on. We might still scrape a European place. I mean, fourth's obviously gone. Fourth went. Well, it wasn't. Realistic, it no, it was never realistic back. anyway. It was. Ne- it was never there. But it was. I was going to say it was very awkward on Friday night. I um I slash we uh, represented with fancast. That's a better way of putting it. Um, went on an Arsenal YouTube channel. I should probably give them a plug, shouldn't I? It was Lee Judges TV. Uh, one of the um AFTV guys. It was like a race for a fourth spot, and it was. Arsenal, Man United, West Ham, Spurs, and me. And like they kind of came to me first. I was like, we're in the top four race. We've been <laughs> in the top four. Fucking hell. <laughs> uh, so yeah. that was a weird, weird, weird seat to be at because um, I don't <laughs> think we massively were. But Pricey, um, formation <clears throat> change, would you would you switch it up or so change you'd make at the back as well? We've talked about maybe Jib Paul Kilman out for. Paul, Paul keep him out the lineup for a bit. It, I've heard, I've heard murmurings about people saying maybe it's time to go to a back four, but I don't think so. No, <laughs> I really, I really don't think so. I think that's just that's just that then shows that he's lost, he's lost a bit of control. To be honest, if he then just starts chopping yeah. and changing, it shows mm. that he doesn't he doesn't know what to do. So he's just going to start flinging some shit. That's I just hope something sticks on the wall. So I don't think anything that dramatic is going to happen. Um, again, it'll, it's going to take a brave decision to just to drop Bolly in at this point in time. If Kilman comes out to, to drop Bolly in, because we've got no, we haven't seen him have we? since I think he's played one, I say one League Cup game all season, and. Even before this point, he's not looked like the Bolly of old. So it doesn't say to me this is going to improve our chances of winning the match if we just parachute him in and say, there you go. Just be the Bolly that you were like two, three years ago and everything will be all, all right. So I think at, at the back, we'll keep it as is. Obviously now, now given what he said about Hoover, he's not going to play. I mean, it'll be, it'll be, there'll, be, there'll be questions to answer if he does play, but I'd, I'd say... You know, there's, there's a decision there to make at right wing back. Um, Christ knows what what he's going to do there. We've, we've just talked about Johnny not, you know, endangering him by making him play longer than necessary. Four days on from there, is he really going to ask him to play ninety minutes 
wing a wing back unless unless something unless something amazing happens. I can't I can't really see that. But difficulty that we have is that we <laughs> we obviously had a good run of form when when we had Jimenez and Pedence up front. That kind of coincided with uh, you know a good run. But you look at all that, look at all those attacking options we've got. I think he almost feels obliged now to play a front three, given that we've got a, a, a quite an abundance of options really, in court, in, including Chiquinho in that. And I'm saying options based on number, not on what they like, actually adds to the team. Like yeah. as you said, like yeah. Huang, yeah, he hit the ground running, but has completely dropped off since then. I didn't. I don't understand to this day why we had to rush in and make that permanent. I really don't see. I don't know. I don't understand the rush. Really, unless I'm missing something, which someone can point out to me. I didn't really see yeah. the need to rush in. All that. I can imagine. Jeff C's already got something lined up. But, but maybe what, what the best thing we could do at the minute is do Benny Kafobi with him. We'll buy him for fourteen and sell him to Stoke for sixteen, like ten days after we've signed <laughs> him. But then we've got Trinkau, obviously completely. Anonymous the entire season. He's just he's just a number. No, it's, I'm so, I've made a decision too. I'm not on the Trinket train. I've, I've, I've never bought a ticket. <laughs> I, I, I hope I hope you kept a refund for yours as well as your ticket as well. I think the point is they're all as bad as each other. The, I know we talked about this earlier in the season. I look at the options that we've got, but they're all fucking wank. No one scores and no one no one assists each other. Well, look the only viable options we've got is like is Neto, Pedence, and and Jimenez. That those are the only ones that yeah. contributed stuff so far, right? This season, then Fabio is the natural backup. Then after that, yeah, you look, you've got who you got. You've got Huang, who, as we said, completely dropped off after his first six weeks. Hasn't done anything for. I know he's been injured before anyone says he's, he's had six weeks out, but not contributed anything for a while. Trinkau's contributed nothing other than a goal in the League Cup, I think, so far. So it just it just doesn't look. Like he's the right fit, the right suit, and then then we, then then we're getting down to like the Chiquinhos of the world. These like young young kids who coming in with raw talent. So if you play two up front again, there's going to be a lot of people you have to leave on the bench. Yeah, we've got options, but what what are actually then going to contribute right now? To be honest, so where do we go from here, Rich? Hmm, very very interesting question because. There's, the Hoover thing does put a lot of things into doubt because if we go three that three midfield, then who's gonna? We can't. That then doesn't mean Dendonka doesn't play in defence. Doesn't doesn't take that spot potentially if Kilman comes out. So I don't I, I don't know. We're up against, we're, immediately we're up against like Roy the boy, and you know how he organises teams. We're gonna be we're gonna find it very hard to break down that team on Thursday night. So whether that means we do play the two, whether he goes with the three. I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure where he is, to be honest. Those last three results have just thrown a lot of things up in the air. I mean, at the moment, and this is really probably too negative at the moment, I'd happily see us go for that three, a, a three five two variation. And you know what? If we get if we get back on the horse with even a draw, I'd take it. I think me and Stu said... Um, the show last week, you know, the four games that we have in March, ideally you want at least nine points. Yeah, would you seven. take seven? Would you yeah. take would you take take the seven now if we if you know if we can just you know slowly build it back up again. But yeah, it seems like there's a bit of a cloud of doubt around walls at the moment. I'm sure we'll pick up by 
you know, Thursday night and it'll be a booming atmosphere against Watford on a on a Thursday night. Yeah, it but I when it when it comes to, you know, you see a lot of online like, oh yeah, well, you know, the fact you know, we need to get behind the players and, you know, really rise them up. They also need to do stuff as well to raise the expectation raise the enthusiasm of fans as well. So hopefully in the next you know, four days, they can, you know, find that missing ingredient again because the home form's not been great. Um, we've been very boom or bust and we're currently in a bust point. Um, should we work through some Twitter corner questions? Let's go on. Right. Um, so uh, a lot of these are kind of related around the large press conference, as you can imagine, and a bit about what we should do going forward. So we get to do... We'll get to do a little bit of tin hat stuff. Um, but first one from Amar. Uh, who do you think the younger players that Bruno referred to in his press conference are? My guess are Hoover, Fabio and Aitnori. Do you think these are correct? And are there more? So well, we said Kundal. I mean... The Fabio thing was... Remember that, that story at the start? Um, start of November, I think it was, where Fabio and Hoover refused to warm up. And they had this massive falling out with the uh, one of the coaches. That's yeah. seeming more and more likely now with this Hoover story. And it kind of coincides with Fabio dropping out, out of favour a bit as well. But look at the differences where he kind of went away, sorted himself out, and then you got the Old Trafford cameo and the games he's, he's featured in since then, where he's looked really good, mm-hmm. compared to that waste of space, who's gone the complete opposite way. So I think there's... there's probably a lot in that. And we mentioned Aitnuri earlier on as well. And, and even Cody said in, the, in that video with Neto for, um, for FIFA 22, yeah, that he's always late. So that's probably not great either, is it? Yeah. That's Otisari-esque. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I was going <laughs> to say, we hardly knew ye. Um, right. <laughs> Next up, if my mouse works. Oh, so we got a, we got a two-parter one uh, made. Um, if you could only bring back one of Catrone, Catrone or William Jose in attempt to sort out goal-scoring issues, uh, who would you choose? <laughs> <laughs> well, seeing as though I often said on this here podcast that William Jose was an imposter and he's actually a footballer, like he should be should be in court for the impersonation of a footballer, I would um, hang my hat on the pizza and pasta Catrone. I mean, the option, the, the two options there obviously aren't great, but deliberately. But I would, I'll go for for Cotrone. And it's, it's obviously, it's, it's a bit funny to see. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but hasn't Jose started scoring again since he yeah. got to the, uh, the, the the Farmers League of La Liga? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cotrone for me. Go on, Stu. How about you? It makes no difference because they wouldn't get the ball and they wouldn't have a chance because we don't create anything. So it, it make, we could have both of them and it made no difference whatsoever. Yeah, true. But pick one. You're trying But pick one, please. <laughs> I mean, j- just to put it into a wee bit of context, um, William Jose has, in the league, we'll go by league, has um, seven goals in 22 games this season. Uh, Catrone has two and 14. Standard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. 
Oh, oh, we should probably do a serious question as well. Um, because you actually just say serious one now. Is um, um, Chiquinho uh, pushing for a starting place considering you know his recent appearances off the bench? Do you see it happening, or do you think he's gonna keep trying? Let me, let, I'm just going to rephrase this question, to be honest. Where do you think he sits in the pecking order of these days? Uh, he he should be higher up than what he probably will be. He'll probably still be like bottom of the ladder, to be honest. Mm. Bottom rung. Um, just because of... Yeah, yeah he's, just a, he's just a raw talent kid at the minute. He won't want to start chucking him in to start straight away in case... I don't know, conference gets knocked or, or whatever. I mean, he, he, he came on ahead of the likes of Trincare, which obviously shows what the confidence in Trincare at the minute. Obviously, fuck all confidence because it's useless. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think overall, he'll probably still be like, he's the rookie, isn't he? Is it the rookie type of round? I think you still see the likes of, if they were on the bench, likes of Quang and Trincare. Uh, uh, Et al. They'd, they'd all probably get on ahead of him, unless he really wants to roll the dice. And then we we see him a, fr- a front three on Thursday night with, with Chiquinho starting. That'd be yeah, that'd be something to talk about. Yeah. Is he still a wild card off the bench, you, Stu? Yeah, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, if if you do, if you did go three four three, you had Chiquinho, Neto, and uh, Raul up front. You think okay, just take it to to Watford, but that, it's not going to happen, is it? So, um, yeah, I think he's he's very much the um, last resort of our actual players. So very much. I mean, if we're going to front two, it'll be Pedence and then Neto and then Huang and then then him or Trincao. I think I think him and Trincao are kind of on a level uh, level playing field now, depending on what the situation requires. Yeah, a bit, yeah. bit worried about Trincao when you say it, isn't it? Um, Lloyd, um, I'm I'm assuming, so this is from Wanderer66 on Twitter. Uh, he says, should we get rid of youngsters like Hoover and Smedo and replace them with quality in the summer? I'm assuming if we just say youngsters with some potential as opposed to, you know, us buying young. Is that fair? Or does it, do you reckon he just thinks they're both shit? <laughs> The fact that he's called them two out here in Silver specifically of <laughs> forty-five million pounds worth of talent there. Um, <laughs> That's worrying, isn't it? When you put it like that. Yeah, which you again, not their fault, but what you're gonna get back for that them two? Fifteen, twenty, max? That's the problem. Who who's gonna who's gonna want them and then who's gonna pay the money for them? We're gonna we're taking a massive loss on either, so I think, obviously not. Fab, I mean, unless he does anything ridiculous, Fabio Silva's going to be here for a while um, as a long-term project, like he's supposed to be anyway. Um, but if we had any competent actual second striker backup, or any players that wanted to score a goal here and there, would be nice. Um, then Fabio would be nowhere near the team, would he? He'd be the under twenty threes playing properly. Um, Hoover's. He's gone now. He's done. I can't see a way back. I mean, for the manager to, for your manager to come out and do that when he's not flavour of the month anyway, what's the point? It's like the, it's like the whole Trinko is obviously not going to sign now. Is it because what's the point? Because there's so, there's so many people against the idea that it kind of, 
you're a, you're a downside straight away. It doesn't make any sense. So I mean, if we could get five, like, we were talking about on Twitter yesterday, if if you could get five million for Hoover from some Bundesliga two team, gobble it up, get rid. We're talking about like selling players. I mean, there's there will be an interesting transfer window ahead of us this summer because mm. Ruddy's out Ruddy's out of contract now. I, I, I didn't expect him to stick around for the twelve months last year, but it just it, it is at this point. Surely you want to go out and play some games, but you know there are some keepers around who just like being the backup keeper, isn't it? Then you've got, got Sace, who's out of contract, Moutinho, who's out, and I, I think with him, if if we don't get in any European spots at all, I think he's going to just ride off into the sunset to Porto and finish finish his days out there. Um, and then who else am I missing? There's four, isn't there? There's Ruddy, Says, Moutinho, there's someone else I'm missing. I can't think off the top of my head now. This is going to bug me. Um, but if we lose a big name to fund signings like Neves, imagine like losing Neves and Moutinho in the same yeah. summer. That would be dead. Oh, Mar- Marcel's the one, of course. Marcel, well, he's going to just get this. He'll probably just leave anyway in the summer because probably don't need him long term. So no. there'll be quite a turnover of players. In the summer, so and talk about selling youngsters as well. <laughs> we could probably quite the busy transfer window for us in yeah. the summer. Yeah, that's a very astute point, Adam. I don't know why I've sort of phrased it. Like, it doesn't happen very often, Rich. No, I was going to say, like, you've, you've, come, you've come with like information, you've come with figures. Oh, it's refreshing here on a podcast. Uh, right, nice, silly one. Is there a better, better bromance in football right now than Roy Keane and Michael Richards? <laughs> I mean, the way he just laughed at him tonight. <laughs> he was getting so irate and he just burst out laughing in his face. But it, you think of all the players that Roy Keane faced over the years uh, who would not even go sit next to him, let alone just laugh in his face and know full well that nothing's going to happen to them. It's amazing. There's only, like, you can tell. There's not many people that could, like, show Roy Keane. You know, that video, the, the FIFA version of him twerking away after celebration. <laughs> yeah. There's, I think he's the only person right now, probably in the country, who could probably or in the world that could do that and show him that and not expect like hellfire coming his coming his <laughs> way right afterwards. It's a lovely bromance, it must have been and, and they need they need some sort of extended T V show. They do. As I've said before, they need like some version of the trip where like <laughs> I don't know, maybe maybe they just drive in a Cars like football matches and like obscure, I was gonna say obscure places, but like I don't know, like they take a road trip to Aberystwyth or something, or they go to like John O'Groats and they like chat about football on the way. That that that's my idea of what they could do. Um, my other one was just Annie McCoyce and literally anybody, just a, just a lovely man. Annie McCoyce, I mean, yeah. I'd love to spend a, a morning around Borough Market with Annie McCoyce, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great fun. <laughs> How anyone gets that excited about fish? It's unbelievable. <laughs> Again, like I'm, I'm sure, like when he was covering the, um, might have been the World Cup actually, as opposed to the Euros. Like, yeah, it was because it was in Russia. Um, not happening anymore, though, is it? Um, like, it was like I, he, he should have just had a travel show because, like, he was genuinely interested in like this being in different culture and like experiencing new things. It's just like that's what it should be like. Um, yeah, so Matt, I don't know who would pair Ali McCoyst with, though. That's, that's the issue, because he doesn't... You don't get as many football in, like, 
partnerships as you used to, do you? Drury and Begling for the world feed. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I have a bit of that. You mean like you mean like connect like tag teams like in the style of like Martin Tyler and Andy Gray, which was like the staple for many years on Sky. And then I don't know, who would who would have the ITV one because it's only Clive Tilsley back in the day, wasn't it? On ITV, mm. I can't remember who he used to have. It was David Pleat. It was with David Pleat a lot. Oh. And then Townsend as well sometimes. Townsend, yeah. No, yeah, Townsend. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tricky one. That's a tricky one. Well, we'll, we'll wrap up the show for there before we kind of, you know, have a very long audio um, gap on that. But big thanks to everyone who's put with listening us, uh, listening to us this evening. Um, make sure you catch us um, on our next pod. Big shout out to our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media, and also to the Ninety Min Football Network. And also make sure you check us out on all our socials at Wolves Fancast, Twitter, Facebook and instagram um until next time it's goodbye from Stu. see you later it's goodbye from adam adios and it's goodbye from me see you next time gang (laughs) 